0: Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation. We have we're gonna start off the show with a little bit of a special announcement. We have with us this week, and every week hereafter that he wants to show up a new co-host. And that new co-host is
1: Armand Kafai. How's it going, Armand? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be a part of the team. Dustin said, Hey, do you want to join? And I thought about it for a couple couple minutes and said, you know what? Absolutely. I need, I need an outlet to talk about FC Dallas because on my other pod, we just talked national team and they get mad me when I mention FC Dallas. So I'm excited to join the Dallas soccer show. and We'll see how this goes.
0: Yeah. It's going to, we'll have, we'll have our own L train or something. Some, our own roller coaster that we're going to ride here at the Dallas soccer show, but um, before we get started, I'd like to, um, let you know the rules of the road here, Armand. Um, I know you're a college kid, so, um, there will be minimal cussing because I don't like to go through and click the, the button in I- iTunes that says, Hey, we said a bad word. Um, also, um, the, you're, I know you're like a journalist and stuff Ouch. and, and you like write things Ouch. for a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and you can you can you can go and plug those we want to hear about it but not all the time
1: i mean i'll keep it to a, will keep it to a minimum but I no, no promises i might accidentally plug some things it's in my nature you know we got some shameless plugging going on i like guess it's, it's kind of my dna to plug
0: you should do it self-promotion man we got to market yourself
1: something like that something like that That's
0: right <laughs> <laughs> very cool well um I know that you have some articles that you're, you're coming up. So we'll talk about those later and we'll get some plugging in later. But uh, let's go ahead and get started with the FC Dallas uh, portion of the show here. Let's recap the, the loss to Portland on Sunday night. Late, late on Sunday night. Armand, why don't you do your inaugural uh recap here for us is
1: this a is this part of my hazing Dustin? is this what this is like that's right you're, you're, i'm you're, terrible at recaps. you're hazing me with recaps
0: well so that's really why i brought you on because i'm terrible at recaps uh i don't i i don't do the well at them and so i wanted somebody to come in and do them for for me so uh welcome
1: well, I guess, yeah, this is, I mean, since it's part of my hazing, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, I guess we all saw <laughs> that uh, that match against Portland right into the game. It was 10 o'clock local time kickoff in Dallas. We saw the 1 0 loss of Brian Fernandez score a wonderful goal. I thought, it was, I thought it, was I, it was a pretty goal, but I mean, I'm still not sure. I forgot, I forgot to ask Matt Hedges during training today if it actually hit his uh, face or anything, but. Uh,
0: yeah, it looks like he might have gone off his back as he turned, but yeah, they
1: look, 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 regardless. Yeah, regardless. It was the only goal of the game uh, as Dallas started the same lineup as they did against Vancouver, which I thought was a very interesting move from Lucci. Um, they did that. And honestly, Dustin, I thought they played really well. I don't know about you, but I thought they played really well in the second half specifically.
0: For sure. Yeah, the first half, um, a little... A little sluggish, a little slow. Um, Looks like they had a hard time breaking down. Like it looked for me, it looked like they had a hard time connecting the lines again. They were back to the whole um, problem they started out the season with, where they could they could pass you know ver- uh, horizontally really well, but anytime they tried to go vertically, they'd lo- they'd turn it over time and time again. Um, But they seem to, like you're right, that's seemed to correct itself in the second half. But that first half was pretty frustrating.
1: I mean, yeah, as a fan, I can see why you'd be frustrated. But I I thought personally, knowing the circumstances, right, you're playing in Portland. Historically, Dallas is not good in those West Coast games. You have a younger midfield. You're going against a very strong, experienced team with Valerie Valeri. With Blanco, with Diego Charo, who we'll get to later, with Brian Fernandez from the CAXA, like all these pieces. And th- these are guys who have won MLS Cups, who have competed, have played in some of the better leagues against some kids. And I think that's part of a challenge you have if you're Luchi Gonzalez. You're going to have to figure out a way, you know what, I, with, we're going to get this later, Carlos Grezo being gone and Brian Acosta. Um, still, you know, getting back in the swing of things, not in the starting lap. You still got to figure out a way to freeze guys to gain experience in the fly. And I think you're going to see what you saw in the first half with a little bit of a slower start.
0: That's fair. And, you know, this is kind of why um, we wanted to bring you on to the show is because you look at things with a little bit. I, I mean, I come at this from as a fan and you kind of come at this as a as a unbiased journalist Um, and so, you know, you, you, you are more than fair with that. And, um, looking back out of the heat of the moment and out of the emotion, I I would tend to agree that, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad of a performance as it kind of felt like in the moment.
1: If we're talking about bad performance, I'd say that those last 10 minutes against Vancouver, that was yeah. a very bad performance. I think anyone on the team will say that. If you look at this Portland game and say that's a bad performance, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. And I think it's because they dropped those two points at uh, in, uh, at home against Vancouver. If that doesn't happen, I think you're looking at this game like, oh, you know what? It's unlucky. Uh, Jesus had a couple chances late on. Uh, they had chances to score. They kind of missed them. You know what? It's okay. But I think with that, van- it, that combined with the Vancouver draw, it, it puts a little bit more of a negative spin on things. I think that's uh, that's the way I look at it, at least. I mean, because the Vancouver draw was devastating. Uh, up 2 0, and just yeah, blowing it,
0: kinda, it. Yeah, it just kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth as a fan. And, um, and it kind of, I guess, tints the glasses of which you, you watch the next game in. So I can see that. Cool. Um, One of the most entertaining things about the matchup uh, or about the match was the matchup between Diego Chara and Paxton We They kind of have a history. The first time, I think, the last time they met and played against each other, there was a a little bit of back and forth, um, and it was no shortage of that today or on Sunday. What did you make of that matchup?
1: It forced Paxton to find solutions that he's not used to. And when I talked to Lucci today, he said, hey, look, he needs this. He needs to get better. This is how you get better by playing against guys like a Diego Chara. Look, Paxton might downplay it all he wants. I think he does in our audio when he just says, oh, yeah, just another player. But playing against a guy like Diego Chara makes him better. And Diego Chara shut him down in the first half. Let's keep it real. He did he shut him down in the first half. Second half, Pax started making solutions and started being able to beat Chara. I know fans, I tweeted out, you know, Diego Chara is a hell of a player. I know fans don't like him because of the way he plays. I I absolutely love the way Diego Chara plays. I think he's a fantastic player. He gets gritty. He wins those 50-50 challenges. I think he won like 11 duels off the top of my head. In that match, and that's something you want and That's something you need in a team And for Paxton, you, you gotta learn how to adapt from that You know, instead of you know, It's, it's not gonna be easy, you know Easy going every single time you play If you wanna get to the next level, you gotta beat guys like Diego Char, who They're not the best players in the world, but they're gonna be players like that Week in and week out that you will face So, I thought it was a fantastic challenger Paxton, I thought he handled it really well too Sure, he got frustrated, and maybe sure Definitely charged should have been booked at some points But, you know what? You need that. You need that performance to mature and grow, and I think this is Park Pax's maturation process as a player. For
0: sure, Chara is one of those players and, that you want on your team, but you you hate to to play against. He's he's just pestering you, and he's always he's always up in your in your business and not giving you any space, and always being physical. Um, Paxton, I actually made it out to training today. Surprise! Surprise! And Yeah, so I showed up and and shouted at Armand and and everybody laughed and it was funny. That didn't happen. Um, I just showed up (laughs) at training and um, afterwards I got to talk to Paxton about that Chara matchup and kind of how they move on and learn from from that loss. So let's roll the clip. So you had a pretty good uh, physical battle with Chara out there on Sunday night. Uh, What was that like?
2: He's a really good player, uh, been in the league a long time, smart, aggressive, uh, so yeah, he, he played really well and uh, so the Timbersome, yeah. What do you take away from that game and uh, use to move forward? Um, I think we take away that just the first half was real uh, passive aggressive from us or you're kind of just sitting back and that's not the way uh, we play. And. They came out with the one in the first half, and then we tied the second half. So obviously, they got the victory. But um, yeah, we need to be much better than than that. And that's kind of the takeaway.
0: So Thursday, I guess, um, Wednesday we got
2: the match against DC. How are you preparing for that game? Um, Obviously, we have a lot of games over a short period of time. So uh, maintaining the legs, getting legs back. yeah, being being cautious about that, but at the same time pushing to battle DC on Thursday. They have a really talented squad. They're going to come in uh, guns blazing. I think they tied on the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So they're going to be wanting the three points as well as us. So yeah, it's going to be a good game. Thank you. All right, All right, so yeah, you know, like you said, he kind of
0: downplays it, but I think I think you're right. He if he's going to move on to the next level, being able to deal with somebody like that is is definitely something he's going to need to be able to do.
1: Because Char is a pest. Char is a pest, and I'm, I'm saying that I, I guess the nicest way possible. Because like I said, <laughs> look, 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 I like I want this guy to be an all star. Like, and he is an all star this year. This is his first all star call. He's been one of the best defensive minded mids in MLS, and I think he'll be when he retires or whatever. He'll be looked. He should be looked at as one of the best ones in the league's history. I'll say it right now. He is a fantastic player, and you know what? Paxton really handled it well. I think the addition of Brian Acosta in the second half really helped too. I think it really did because it adds some guy to shore up things uh, and some experience in the middle as well. As much as I love the U twenty midfield, I, I think that's what I, I call them the U twenty midfield. I don't know, You want to call them like the Brady bunch or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know what we want to call them. You sometimes need that guy that can Acosta to give you that experience in these in some of these games, and I think Acosta did a good job coming off the bench and you know providing that spark. Overall, look, Paxton did fine the second half, but it's that first half, which he said in post game, those god awful, those they're terrible. That he needs that you know that needs to be better. They need to come out the gates, but again, this is the learning process of having a team that's younger. I mean, let's be honest here; they're not the oldest team, and I'm right. They're definitely like the youngest, and you're going to learn with a first with the first time coach, who's also learning. It's just part of that process, and you know what? I think Paxson became a much better player because of that performance.
0: Yeah, they, they um. They seem to have that problem every now and then, and by every now and then I mean probably every game or two, where they'll either start or come out in the second half just lacking in, I don't know, drive, motivation, just flat. They come out flat, and I'm wondering how much of that is just the players not not really being, I guess, up for it right away and taking a while to get started. And how much of it is, is Lucci and the things he says to them before the game or during halftime um, and the way he approaches, you know, uh, coming out of the gate.
1: I'm, a, I'm a, i I'm you know, like, I'm not sure if it's anything Lucci says. I mean, I think it's just these guys not being in situations are used to, right? Because, has Edwin Cerrillo, Paxton Paul McCall, Brandon Cervinia, those three started in a match in an atmosphere like Portland's. I mean, sure, they play a little bit, you know, uh, some of them played in Atlanta, but not those three together. And, you know, they're, they're, sometimes you have that calming presence coming on. I think it's just getting used to these uh, environments, Dustin. It, it, it's tough because it's not Toto Stadium. You're not playing on grass, you know, in front of, I don't know, 15,000 fans or something like that. You're playing for of 25,000 on turf against a very experienced team.
0: With a chainsaw with going With a
1: chainsaw going on and uh, with PTFC being blared every five seconds. You know, like these are environments that, you know, are very different and unique and i think it's just part of that learning process again like it's like vancouver you get up 2-0 now these guys learn hey look let's not we need to set up shop you know we need be we we need either push up push or continue to go for our third goal or set up a shot we can't be stuck in two minds where we're like oh we're defensive or oh we're attacking i think just learning you just gotta learn but it's frustrating right because learning yeah. involves losing and dropping points.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice if we could learn lessons the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> um, earlier, you, when you were talking about Chara, you kind of mentioned he should have been booked at least once. Um, there was a lot of talk on social media about the officiating, uh, and I was one of them. Like, I was yeah, yeah you're a hater, uh, You man. hate
1: Alan Chapman, huh?
0: Oh, my goodness. like. That, that match, it felt like it was just going to boil over at any moment. Just the the amount of non calls that were happening, and at first, it kind of really felt like FC Dallas was getting all of the getting kind of shafted on all of those non calls. But then towards the end, I felt like there were a couple yeah, times yeah. where, you know, uh, I think Acosta came in in the in the box and might have had a penalty shout against him, uh, but got waved off by the ref. So, I mean, there at the end, I was glad that it was somewhat going both ways. But do you like watching games where the ref just kind of lets that go and doesn't take control?
1: You know, that's a fair point because I thought it was fine, but I do agree, Dustin, it was kind of tinkering towards that, oh, no, this is going to get out of control. There's going to be tackles flying left or right. I think it has to be controlled to a point where it doesn't get to that point, but a little bit of chippy play can be allowed, right? Like maybe a little bit of, maybe a turd chug, uh, a shirt tug, or a, or maybe not like a late challenge, but it has to be kept under control to where it doesn't ball over. But it should, I think, giving that little bit of leeway where it's not everything's a nitpicky foul. Oh, I'm going. I oh, think sure. I think that's the best way to go, and it's very. It's tough to find that balance. I think it really is as a referee. It's very really tough.
0: Especially here in MLS. In
1: MLS especially. I mean, what we had Alejandro Bedoya and Josie Altos say the refereeing was terrible for their for their two games. Yeah. There's some MLS refs who do a really good job. I'm not sure if that one was a great refereeing, but I thought I was okay with it. I thought I was fine. In, in the end, I know a lot of people complained. Oh, this charge we set off eight different times. Oh, I'd go two foot, blah, blah, blah you know, what's whatever the, I thought, I thought it was a finely refs game and I've seen worse. I've seen worse. Let's say that.
0: <laughs> That's true. And I, I think overall FC Dallas handled themselves pretty well given the, I guess, uh, what appeared to be a dispor- disproportionate amount of fouls uh, up until when Baji just clobbered into the guy with a frustration foul. And we found out real quickly what a yellow card was going to be.
1: We found out so much <laughs> about Baji <Bocci. laughs> frustration. Oh my goodness! What'd you make of his performance, Dustin? What'd you make? Because I know Baji has been getting a lot of hate. What'd you make? Um, it was okay.
0: I, I think I, I I'm gonna be honest. I don't really recall that many things about his game. His game wasn't was a one that, of was the that, that stuck out in my mind. Was it yeah. So it's a meh. I mean. I'm. I said it on the lineup prediction show a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm. I'm still in team Dom, I guess, if you will. Uh, I, I'm not as sour on him as a lot of fans are. I think that that with the with the left winger we're getting, we'll talk about here in a minute, it frees him up to play more center mid, uh, which is where he feels more comfortable, and I think that we might start getting some more production from him in the second half of the season. If, if we can get somebody else to cover that left wing for him.
1: Yeah. Hopefully you can play more of that forward role. Did I say center mid? I'm yeah, center he said, forward. Yeah. He says, he says center mid. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah like that was like scratches. Just, head. Roll, with like, it. Like, just yeah. roll with it. <laughs>
0: You'll get used to that on the show. Um, I say dumb things often.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was like, there's no way it doesn't just center mid. Like it's like, <laughs> Pablo, like, does you, do you think of Baji Pablo? But no, I think he was fine. But it wasn't great. It was fun, right? It wasn't like, this guy's fantastic. It was fine. I think a lot of you, in, I've seen a lot of Baji this, Baji that. The guy's getting used to a new role. That he doesn't play often. That he, would, he openly has said he wasn't comfortable when he first came here. He's getting used to a new role. Yeah, do you need more cover? I think absolutely. bad. I, th- I thought I thought Baji had an okay game, but that's not good enough, right? To get a win, you need to be better than okay.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the problem is that that's pretty much what we have up top is just okay, my, barring Mikey Barrios.
1: He's been fantastic. Oh, my gosh. He's been
0: amazing. And we could probably go on uh, ad nauseum about Mikey Barrios and his performances as of late, but we won't. We'll just leave it at he's been great. And, uh, let's go ahead and move on. And are we, anything else you want to say about that Portland match before we start looking into team news and looking forward to the independence day match?
1: No, no, I got, I got nothing. I thought it was a final result. Well, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but it happens. Some,
0: some points would have been nice, but it's not the end of the world. And I I will say one thing. Um, I, I was part of a lazy narrative, um, and calling portland a 12th place team and saying that we shouldn't have lost to a 12th place team
1: oh you're with those um, guys oh, i quickly corrected myself oh, i quickly my. corrected myself i can't do it i can't do it <laughs> that, that, I, i'm, I'm about to quit the show like you no know, halfway into my episode it was a good run it was a, good run. Was a good, run. <laughs> good run i can't do it i, <laughs> no, I, saw, it, I saw that i saw that and i was like guys come on they played like their first like eight games on the road like yeah of course they're gonna be last place this is mls away games suck
0: Yeah. Uh, However, I'd like to say that I'm like, yes, it was, they played really well. It was a tough circumstances. It's not apologizing for uh, not winning. Like the team just needs to be better and needs to be able to handle that if they're going to amount to anything. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's that. They just have to. All right. So yesterday was an eventful day. Uh, not only was it my birthday and Tristan's birthday, but it was also the birthday of a new member of FC Dallas in Edwin Giassi. What do we know about Edwin Giassi besides that his birthday is the same as two of the co hosts of this show?
1: Let's go with fun fact. He's from the same club as Anton where they bought where Dallas bought Anton Nidyakov.
0: Seska Sophia?
1: Yeah. CSK Sofia, so look, he 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 provides depth, right? But let's not go with that depth narrative. You bring someone in on Tam, you want them playing, plain and simple. You mm-hmm. want them playing. So you know what? I think this guy is gunning for the starting spot, and competition is important. Mosquera has been disappointing and injured. Baji has been meh. Barros has been fantastic. Why not add a guy on that left wing? Yeah, Why not? Some, Why not get get some competition going? You know, push some players. You know, not only will it help push players, it also you know you potentially have a starter. He could bust. Remember Luis Gonzalez? Do you remember that name? It's not it's not Luchi Gonzalez's real name, but um, he uh, Caraco, the, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: the guy from Venezuela.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic. In terms of his stats leading up, I think it's seven goals, ten assists season before coming to Dallas. How he turned out? He, he turned played two games out and played in two t- games,
0: turned around and went home.
1: Yep. And but now on, but now he's worth a little bit and gained some minutes. So, uh, kind of funny how things turn. So hopefully it turn into that. But you know, I, I like this. I like the move. I'm interested. I'll say that. Like yeah, Rapid, maybe- Rapids interested. Rapids interested. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you want to make that reference to the listeners? That means <laughs> I'm going to use I've, that a lot. So,
0: backstory uh, all season, Armand has been going on about how the Colorado Rapids are the quote unquote the most interesting team in MLS. And everyone's been giving him shtick about uh, <laughs> how they're terrible. And he just has been maintaining. Well, yeah, but they're interesting.
1: Yeah, they beat so, LAFC last week, so I mean, they did. Who's the winner and out? They're out of last place.
0: I don't know, like, and I I, I rolled with that for a little bit, and I, I still think they're interesting. I'll I'll grow, go with yeah until, you, you, got, until I, you
1: until you got roasted a little bit.
0: Yeah, I got roasted by it was like Kevin Lindstrom on his uh, on his MLS power rankings. He was making fun of like Colorado's just kept losing, and then he just started making fun of me after I. Uh, Admitted that they were interesting.
1: Haters, haters,
0: all around. All right, so yes, they this this signing is Colorado interesting. I know you talked to Zanetta today, and you've got a piece out about some of the signings, right? Is, is, did you talk to him about Giassi?
1: Yeah, it'll be out tomorrow, specifically about Giassi, or I guess today, uh, since we're recording. So this is coming out
0: it'll come out later tonight so
1: oh, pretty uh, much overnight. It'll, it'll be out it'll, 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 it won't <laughs> be out but you know whatever yeah Zanana talked about how he saw Giassi fit the profile of a nice pacey uh winger um and that they need they wanted more depth in that position a lot of people have been saying why do you want more depth in that role i mean that it's obviously kind of need it and um Overall, I mean, they're, they're just really they're really interested by his profile. They, he's been the works, according to Zanata for quite a bit. So now they have him on loan. Remember, he's just on loan. It's not even a full transfer. He's just on loan.
0: With so, an option to buy.
1: So, I mean, if he doesn't work out, see you later. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I view it as a, a pretty low-risk attempt to get some balance on the wings because I feel like when our – Wingers or the, whoever's playing opposite wing from Barrios plays well, then Barrios plays better because they don't have to do as much um, switching to try to get matchups. They can they can get some chemistry on their side, um, and they can just kind of get going and, and get some momentum. And yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that this provides that. Do we know like a time frame of when he'll be? in town or anything like Is it that So not or? a
1: talked about either later this week or early next week so very quick just working on visa things right gotcha. now so nothing you know he's not going to be stuck hopefully not, like, not going to like
0: Brian Acosta visa yeah no
1: no 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 government <laughs> shutdown this time
0: okay maybe there'll be a um an airport watch party for this guy too uh hopefully <laughs> uh
1: hopefully let's <laughs> <I'll> say that <laughs>
0: All right, so the other big transfer news of I guess that was that was yesterday and then today right around the time training was starting, we found out that it was official, the worst kept secret in uh transfer news that Carlos Grazo actually is sold to FC Augsburg. I believe for 4.5 million dollars upwards moving up to 6.2 um, with on incentives, and apparently we somehow negotiated a twenty percent sell-on fee, and all of this, all of this, with Grezo on his last year of his contract. That is nuts.
1: You know, I'm you know my my question is, Dustin, was he actually on his last uh, year of his contract, or was there a potential like you know how MLS has those like team options? Those options, yeah. I wonder if that's the case because. I think it's ridiculous that they got that much for a guy who's expiring. I, I don't. I don't think. I think they had an option, and uh, they're going to exercise it if he was. But no, Dustin. I got to ask you. Yeah. What do you What do you think of this move? I think it's phenomenal.
0: No, I, I think it's a fantastic bit of business. I, I think, you know, it's going to, from a player and uh, on the field pers- perspective, r- not having Carlos on the field is going to. It's going to be a hit, and the the young guys and everyone else is going to have to step up. Soria is going to get some more. You know, he he is the guy now, right? Um, he's pretty much beaten out Hayes Ooh, in that I'll, defensive I'll, midfield. I'll, I'll
1: argue. I'll, I'll yeah? argue with you. Okay, let's do it. Argue. I think uh, embrace Change debate. My mind. Embrace debate. I think Brandon Sovernio is going to be the guy. Really, I think Brandon. Because
0: well, because well, I I guess this season Carlos had been playing. Up more a little bit.
1: Well, so think about and, it, you're, you so, so, you have a great point with Surreal. I think you can see him as a defensive minded guy. However, we've seen Servania in those, uh, yeah, in the Open Cup game, even I want to say in the Portland game as well, drop in deep and be that guy who's he's dropped significantly deeper, which surprises me. It's kind of surprised me was in the press box as well. He's comfortable playing the six. He's been, I'd say, betting, playing better than surreal recently. I okay. would, I would, if I'm a if I'm, I'm if I'm a betting man, which I don't bet anymore, so sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> I would put money on uh, Cervenia starting. This isn't from you know like anything I've watched, seen, like training wise. Because just a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling because I don't reveal that stuff. But it's just a gut feeling that you know what. From the, from the kind of the way Lucci's been ta- talking about Servania and stuff like that. Like, Servania's been immense, man. I, I think people are forgetting that this guy, God rest his soul, Fernando Calvillo, when Acosta was traded, he came uh, came out and said, Look, we have a kid named Brandon Servania who will replace Acosta and we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I think Servania is that guy that's going to replace him, and that's the real. And I think Sarvinius is supposed to be that guy. Remember Surreal wasn't on anyone's radar beginning of yeah, season. the
0: season? kids had a heck of a year. He, he wasn't even wasn't even a pro player in
1: January. I'll I'll say this. This is my I'm not predicting anything, but this is what I would do if I was Luci Gonzalez. So okay. put in the putting the Adidas hat on. Uh, <laughs> this is me as and I'm your part.
0: and your your fancy clothes.
1: And uh, I'm bilingual now. So okay. uh huge. Uh No, nah, but I would make surreal the closer. Have <laughs> surreal come on late into matches to close out games, kind of the the role Victor Yoa played for a team a couple of years back, if, if you remember. If you remember, he kind of came in, mm-hmm. sure up the result. You know, I would start with Servania because they don't have that right now. I would. I wouldn't say Servania would be anywhere near that closer. But you bring in surreal, clean up shot, be composed, play the ball out. Uh, just pa- connect, pass. Yeah, I, li- I, I like mean, that role for him in my eyes. He
0: he does bring a little bit more dynamism, 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 dynamicness to the match um, than does Sergio. um Who was the guy last year that they brought in from? I think it was Colombian. Um, played on the national team in the World Cup.
1: Oh, uh, Abel Aguilar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about him playing that? That's kind of that same role. Yes, but, yes, you know, I think like so. Yeah. Forty
1: years younger. Yeah, but yeah, like like twenty or thirty years younger. <laughs> I think I think it'd be a good role for him because you have Brian Acosta who's better, right? right. I think Sardain has been playing better right now. I could be completely wrong. I it could be a Surio, Acosta, um, Poma call lineup, but I, I just I just to me it makes more sense because they don't have that on their roster right now. They don't. They they fly out just don't have it, and you saw that kind of happen in... The match against Vancouver, where they kind of need a guy like that. My take, my take. Oh, coaching, All coaching, right, coaching hat off. I'm not bilingual anymore. Uh, my right. name is Armand Fine now, and not Luigi Gonzalez. Luigi? <laughs> Did you say Luigi Gonzalez? <laughs> oh, I mean, no, no, Luigi I guess. But uh, oops, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Who's Mario? Um, that, uh,
0: Fertuzzi, Firizzi, ooh, Fertuzzi.
1: There you yeah, go. yeah. yeah. I like that. What do you um, think? What do you think of that? You think it's, am I ludicrous? I don't think it's ludicrous at all.
0: Um, I don't think that it'll happen this season. I think maybe next season.
1: Um, what if it happens on Thursday?
0: Uh-huh. If it happens on Thursday, then I'll give you a high five. Oh yeah, I'll take it. So yeah, well, it's, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out and what the ramifications of the Grazo trade or guest guess uh, transaction will be. Um, off the field, on the, f- or sorry, on the field, and then off the field, it'll be interesting to see who all we are able to bring in, what they are able to do with that four point five, maybe six point two million dollars. That's that is some good money right there. Uh, the other one before we get into the training observations, one other little bit of, um, I guess we'll call it. A tidbit of FC Dallas related news is that Emerson Heineman has been, I guess, loaned from Bournemouth to Atlanta United. However, FC Dallas had Emerson Heineman's discovery rights, which means that FC Dallas had to get paid for that happen to happen, and we ended up getting a twenty to two how many
1: Two
0: hundred
1: thousand. Garber books? Yeah, 200,000 Garber books and 2019 2020 international
0: uh, spots. Which is really interesting because we have three open international spots right now with Save them our, up.
1: we like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're we're hoarding.
1: I mean, you can always flip those as well. I don't know what the going market sure. rate is, but you can flip them.
0: It, it's uh Emerson Heinemann minus 20 200,000 is Ooh. what the going rate. Yeah. Um quick math. What what did you hear about that that situation there, anything of note?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I heard um, that, you know, Dallas is interested in Hyman, and it's obvious they offered him something, right? Because his discovery rights, I think it's like max 50000 you can give or something like that. But they obviously negotiated something because they had to get 200000 So it's obviously some sort of negotiation. I heard that they were interested, but what was going on? Acosta coming in. mm mm-hmm. In the off season? In the off season, yes. This is all in off season. Cerillo signing. I, I don't think Luci Gonzalez from our I think this fell apart because they have they have so many options. You bring a guy like Hyman, sure. you're gonna lose playing time for a guy like Sarvenia. You're gonna lose playing time for a guy like Pomacall. You're gonna lose playing for a guy like Sario. Acosta. You have too much depth in the midfield. And I think that's where that's from what I'm hearing, that's where talks now fell apart.
0: You don't think it had to do with, you know, how much that guy was supposed to be making?
1: Well, I mean, it also might as well, because if they believe in their academy products, who are 18, 19, 20, who are not making ridiculous salaries. This guy is a 23, 24 year old who hasn't been playing consistent football. He's going to be demanding more of like a six figure salary, I feel like. Would you really want that? Or do you want your youth players they believe in they are also four or five years younger? I feel like that did play a role. I feel like it did. But it
0: wasn't just the... It, yeah. I mean, it's always going to play a role, but yeah. it wasn't just like the Hunts cheap, cheaping no, no, out. No, or anything.
1: no, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. If they wanted the game, they would have gotten them. Gotcha. They would have gotten them, and it would have been... I think people would have been happy, but I don't understand why. I don't understand why it's seemed a big deal. To be honest with you, I don't get it. Why? Why is this? Oh, they're too cheap to acquire Emerson Hyman. Who cares? You literally have a, a, a better midfield. There's three players that are better than him. Yeah. I don't care what everyone says. There's three players who are playing better than him right now. It's just, it's just fact of the matter. Takes
0: Harmon's got him.
1: I'm always here with the takes. I don't get. I don't get how people get, get mad about that. I just it, it, it genuinely like I understand. You're like, oh, they're cheap. Okay, call them cheap. This instance, like, come on. Like really, there are three players playing. There's three players playing better, and those three young guys. Acosta's better. I can, see, you could, I can even argue Ja'Cory Hayes is a little bit better because of just his, his playing time and stuff like that. Him in the system is it really worth the, all the, all those funds to that guy? I don't know, man. Nah. I think I, you... I think it's I think uh, sometimes uh, people get carried away with the hunts being cheap.
0: I think you're right. I think there's there's a truth. A little bit of truth to it, but I think it's also it sometimes ends up being that same, we'll call that lazy narrative <laughs> that I have been, acu- I have been guilty of, of, taking part in as well.
1: You've been guilty so, of all these lazy narratives. I, hate. I I'm up to change you up. So i with you in the
0: shape. I mean, I just take my phone away.
1: <laughs> no more tweeting. <laughs> no more tweeting. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Tweet, and then
0: I, and then I think about it and then I'm like, is that really the case? <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So at the end of the shows that we do on weekdays, well, we don't, you, you're kind of new, uh, new um, dynamic to the show here in that um, you are, you make a living going out to the practice, talking to the players, watching things. Mm-hmm. And so you're out there week in, week out. Just, I think I, saw, I heard somebody refer, ask you if you worked for the team today um, that you're out there so much. Yeah. Oops. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's a good or bad thing. It's a bad thing.
1: It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. (laughs)
0: Um, So, we, uh, myself and Tristan, we don't actually, you know, we have day jobs. We can't make it out there all that often. Um, So, we'd like to every now and then check in and do kind of just training observations, just see what you're kind of seeing and feeling from the team. I know you're not supposed to give anything away about how, uh, the team's training and everything, but, um, I just kind of like to, to check in and, and see how things are going, uh, during the week on the parts of the team that we don't see.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's so interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, mean, I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think buzz is a great job with his training reports. Uh, I think those are, those are always fantastic. Kind of give you a snapshot of what's going on during training. Um, uh, but, but as you saw, it say ridiculously hot. Yes, ridiculously hot. Can you believe those guys training in that weather? It's ridiculous to me.
0: Yeah, it started at ten this morning instead of the normal nine. I'm wondering if they're starting to try to ease them into um, playing and getting used to, heat heat uh, heat normalizing them, them. Yeah, I mean, a it,
1: bit. it's crazy. It's it's crazy to me. But I mean, you see the you see you saw the drills. You saw some of the the action going on today. Um, it's good. I think the environment is pretty good. I think they're fine. Uh, there's one thing you noticed, though, which I think we should talk about, which I think is really interesting.
0: Sure. Yeah, uh, I was just kind of noticing there there's a keeper there, and I don't know which one it was. Um, I actually have never – I don't know whether –
1: It must have been Kyle Zobeck. Must it have must been. have been.
0: Because uh, it wasn't Jesse Gonzalez or Jimmy Meyer. Um, but, man, that guy was loud. He was, he was shouting. Oh, 100%
1: guy. Kyle Zobeck. Okay, that, yeah. guy, that that guy has a future in like goalie coaching one day. He's he's, he's 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 he makes sure to overemphasize things, and that's what makes him. You know, Kalsuvec appreciation uh, part of the show. That's what makes him a really good third goalkeeper because he does enough to push these guys. He's never going to start, right? Maybe he will, but he does enough to push these guys to the limit. And he works on the drills. He he gets them going, gives them encouragement. He is a true veteran, a true pro. That's what that's what I like about him. But I digress. Uh, don't want to go through too much of my Kyle Zobek love.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Everyone's you know, the Harrison Crow's got his um right. Ryan Hollingshead you got your Kyle Zobeck and your Paxton call.
1: Hey, But you know I like, uh <laughs> great and yeah. he he does a job. He does a job, that's oh, fucking better. Work. Yeah.
0: Well, it was a, it's a very loud job and um I was just thinking back because he was in there, they were running some drills and um, he had a team in front of him and he was shouting at them very loudly, what they needed to do, who they needed to pick up uh, watching for this. And it reminded me that at the beginning of the season, Jesse Gonzalez was doing the very same thing. In fact, we've, we've noted it and several people talked about how, like how much more communicative he's been at the start of the season. I find it interesting that I sit, my, my seats are like fifth row right next to the, next to um, the, his right next to the box. And I don't hear him anymore. His, that communication has, has, has fallen off. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know that it's a thing or it's a, something to worry about or if it even matters. Uh, it is something I noticed and I thought it would was interesting. What do, you, w-
1: do you think it's like a um, – what's the word for it? Do you think it's like maybe they're more comfortable with each other and they maybe doesn't feel like he has to communicate as much?
0: Yeah, there's probably some chemistry aspects to it, I think.
1: I'm not sure if that's a valid reason because I feel like if you're a goalkeeper, you always want to communicate, but yeah. I mean just – Just, just, just a thought. I mean, I think.
0: You know what they say about assuming.
1: Yeah. It makes a, it makes a, since we'll curse on this show, something out of you and me.
0: Sometimes you're wrong.
1: Oh, oh, that's, oh, Uh you you got, yeah. Dad joke, Dustin. You, uh, I will (laughs) say I've never heard that one in my life. (laughs) I've never. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's, there's probably some chemistry, but also he needs to still talk, um, It'd be something interesting to watch. I know he's had a couple of um, challenging matches the past two matches, with some some saves that he probably should have made. Um, But you know, overall, I've been I've said it here. I'm still happy with his performance this year. You
1: are. I I I am too. I am too.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think it's better than last year for sure. (laughs) You can see that he is
1: maturing a little bit. I wonder when it's going to be his time to move on. That's a good question. I'm always intrigued by this because a guy like Jesse, right? It's been a team forever. You know, like I feel like he's been, you know, hit or miss some games. You you either see him win you a game or lose you a game. Right. And we saw him kind of almost basically lose the game against Vancouver, but you know, it's a different story, but I wonder when it's going to be his time to move on, because you got guy like Carlos Avila who's finally getting minutes, who's this long, lanky goalkeeper who's been a part of FC Dallas system for so long. I wonder when they try to make room for him potentially, and maybe I don't know, move on. I I don't know. I think I think the goalkeeper situation is fine, but it's just a thought I've always pondered: Will he always stay at FC Dallas, or will he leave? And like, where would he go? I feel like I'm on this perfect level right now. Uh, it's just a random thought that I've been pondering for the last two years. Huh. That's Colorado, interesting Colorado, Colorado Rapids, interesting.
0: <laughs> circling back. Circling the circling wagons in the back Circling the wagons to that. back, yep. And that is a, a good place to leave it, I think. Um, Armand, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining the team. We need to get your photo up on the website so that everybody can see that you, it is official. It is website official.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm really happy. So I'm, really happy. Headshot. I'm really happy to be with you guys. It's, it's always fun talking to FC Dallas, uh, instead of us men's national team who are like very depressing. So, <laughs> so, uh,
0: some, sometimes FC Dallas can be depressing too.
1: Not when you're an unbiased reporter. Okay. Well, see, there's no, there's no, so, there's no feeling. Mm. So let me let me, take, <laughs> let, no let me take you into my mind. Uh, so, okay. so so for for our fans who've made it this far, thank you. And uh, yeah, forty something minutes yeah, in. Yeah, uh, when you start for me, I never I was a fan right when I was younger. I grew up with a Toyota Stadium being in my my backyard. I like live fifty minutes away from the stadium. But when you put the, when you go up there and be a reporter, you almost feel an obligation to drop the bias. It's almost an obligation. I know some people don't, but when I, when I'm up there, I feel like I have an obligation for me to drop the bias and, you know, think about other things. That's why, you know, some people are like, Oh, how do you feel like Diego char? He's a fantastic player. If I was a fan, I'd think the same thing as you, as you guys. Oh, he's a, he's a POS. He sucks. No, I love Diego char. I love him from a football standpoint. He plays, he's the way he plays football is fun. So, I mean, you drop you drop you drop that bias. It 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 makes for a lot difference. I I mean, win or lose, I say, oh, it's tough or oh, it's a good win. But I never, it's never like, oh, I'm high or I'm sad. Uh, That feeling, it it sucks, Dustin, but it kind of goes away. My only outlet for that's like the U.S. and women's and women's national team. Like we won, we won today, and I was excited. See, I can use the word we. That's Another thing, I can use the word "we" because <laughs> I'm a fan of US. Now, I was like, let's go, you know, that wasn't a penalty, blah, blah blah blah. You saved it, good job there. And like, that's where I could feel my highs, but yeah, a little bit of a tangent, but you know, just some insight into my like a journalist.
0: Yeah, I know that's good, that's good stuff, and it's probably a good uh level setting uh exercise to have somebody on the show who is not. A exactly a fan, I mean, like not a fan first, which we are, um, kind of get the different perspectives. Um, so, all right, a reminder you can get Armand's um, articles on Pro Soccer USA. He's got the one on Giassi, he's coming up, he's got the one on Grazo today. I think I saw it drop. And our, I think I heard something about the Dallas Morning News this week.
1: I am John Arnold this week, so. This is me. I'll have Are You bilingual tomorrow. again? I don't know how to like you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> like okay, like I guess. Excellent. So
0: I can. So ne- I, I, can for- ne- I can
1: never be like John. I can never be like John. He's too good. He's too good.
0: <laughs> all right. So watch out for Armin Armand in uh, all of those places. Dallas Morning News and uh, Pro Soccer USA. Uh, you can find our show on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. Our website is DallasSoccerShow.com. You can check out our YouTube channel, Dallas Soccer Show. Um, yeah, lots of things coming, going on with the show. Lots of places you can find us. Um, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Take it easy.
1: Bye, family.